we are very, very concerned uh, with the Biden administration and the HHS's recent abrupt, sudden announcement that they are going to dramatically cut the number of monoclonal antibodies uh, that are going to be sent to the state of Florida. Just last week, on September 9th, President Joe Biden said that his administration would be increasing shipments of monoclonal antibodies in September by 50 percent. And yet on September 13th, HHS announced that it was seizing control of the monoclonal antibody supply and that it would control distribution. Well, there you go. That is Governor Florida Governor Ron DeSantis highlighting another tyrannical, and I use that word carefully. You know, I don't throw words around. I don't throw adjectives around wildly and recklessly. Welcome back to the third hour of the Randy Tolber Show, along with Max Boise. I am Randy Tolber, and you uh, are with the show where we are constantly seeking the truth. We are not going to be hyperbolic. We're going to say it as we believe it is. And in this case, I use the word tyrannical and another tyrannical move by the Biden administration, an abuse of power to punish red states, their governors, and hurt people who have chosen not to be vaccinated, some who have been vaccinated and who have breakthrough infections, and now with the latest Biden administration move, as best I can tell, I have done some research into this by by limiting and restricting the availability of states who previously were getting all of the monoclonal antibodies that they wanted but with direct state to, well, direct hospital or in this case state to distributor relationships to obtain this. And now the government has taken over the means of distribution. That's not a far step from taking over the means of production, which defines socialism. Socialism, ladies and gentlemen, is the, the government taking over the means of production. That's fascism as well. That's what the Nazis did when they took over the Mercedes-Benz factories to fuel their war machine. And now the Biden administration when there was a plentiful supply of monoclonal antibody infusion supplies, I know personally, our hospital went from initially when there were limited supplies, the government was allocating them to the states, and then the states would allocate that to the, uh, uh, to the hospitals. The government has now reinstituted that. It went to a direct distributor relationship just last week. Just last week, my hospital made a large buy of Regeneron directly to the distributor, just like we do with with acetaminophen, aspirin, uh, Keflex, ampicillin, every other drug that we get, every other therapeutic. And, and in a reversal, a stunning reversal of policy, the government is now taking over the distribution supply line and deciding where the monoclonal antibodies will be sent to. And there'll be a 50% reduction, roughly, as Ron DeSantis was saying, cut in the, a 50% cut in the distribution, the availability of monoclonals. Why? 
because DeSantis, first of all, he was one of the first to, to open up widespread vaccination, did a fabulous job in Florida. At the same time, he was saying, we're not going to mandate stuff, but here it is for you. We're going to make it readily available. And then he opened up a couple dozen infusion centers to make it easy for those who were who got a COVID infection and wanted to stay out of the hospital because the monoclonals reduce the risk of ending up in an ICU by 70 plus percent. That's conservative, by the way. Our experience at our hospitals is better than that. But let's say 70 percent conservatively. And, and now the other red states like Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, and Louisiana, along with Florida, are the seven states that have received 70% of orders for monoclonal antibody treatments until this week they were getting them. They were like, okay, Amerisource Bergen, which is a big distributor. Like there's Amerisource Bergen, there's Cardinal, I could name, name one other. That. You could just go and make an order like we did. And now I was on a Missouri Hospital Association call just this week. And we were warned that, hey, guys, uh, we're going to go back to the old system we had when the monoclonals first were coming out. The state will have to allocate these because now the state is going to be allocated a certain amount from the government. And now Parson is going to have to allocate these as best he can because there's going to be limited supplies. Ladies and gentlemen. As Joe Biden did with the decision to withdraw, the arbitrary, politically expedient decision to withdraw all troops, all presence, all intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance capabilities from Afghanistan at the risk and the peril of our national security when he could have gone otherwise like he did on so many other of Donald Trump's successful initiatives. He reversed all of those, but this one, because it was politically expedient, he did that, and look what happened. And look at the way it was done, in the knuckleheaded way it was done. Thirteen service members dead. Dozens wounded gravely. And our intelligence capacity lost. As he has now done with this monoclonal, it is done for political expediency to pander to his base and I can see no other reason. Jen Psaki, I don't have the sound available, but Jen Psaki said that this was about equity. This administration is so hell-bent on diversity, equity, inclusion, these politically correct catchphrases of the day, that they're basically telling Americans in the red states, again, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, Louisiana, might as well add Missouri to that list. If you've decided not to be vaccinated, and I, I must say this, I think if you've decided to be unvaccinated, I think you've made a mistake, especially if you're not young and super healthy. Okay, I'm on record as that. And even if you are, it helps provide a shield against the virus to replicate and create the next mutant variant that may be deadlier to more and younger and healthier people. Okay, so I'm I'm perfectly transparent about that, and I maintain unqualifiedly supporting of vaccines. But if you've chosen not to get a vaccine, and you need a monoclonal antibody, and if you live in Florida, Alabama, Georgia, on and on, you may not be able to get one. Why? 
because Joe Biden has decided that he needs equity and he needs to make sure that others, other states have access to this. Now, here's the problem. There's no evidence that I can find in any reporting. And Max, if you find evidence, please let me know, because, you know, the truth is a silver bullet and the logic is the gun with which we will assassinate wokeness. If there is objective evidence that people in blue states or any other state other than where the surges have occurred, and the surges have largely occurred in states that have lower vaccination rates, and if there's evidence that we need to reapportion from those states to others, I could have that discussion because I want people to get their monoclonals. But Here's one piece of one factoid that you may be interested in. 43% of the available monoclonals are still uninfused. I, this is astounding. This is essentially the this is like Tuskegee in 2021. It's like okay, you decided not to get vaccinated. You know what? You're a second-class citizen. Just like the government told black men in back in Tuskegee in the 20th century, was it the 30s, 20s, 30s? We're not going to treat those guys with syphilis. We're going to see what happens. You know what? You're on your own, guys. If you're in Florida and DeSantis now doesn't have enough, sorry, that's what you get for being unvaccinated. Because you know what Joe Biden said? I've lost my patience with you. It's your fault. You worthless knuckle-dragging Neanderthal conservatives who didn't get vaccinated. You've been patient. And we're going to make you pay the price. Your patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. There you go. Max just did. Max is on it. I mean, we're going to play that over and over. Uh, can you just see senile, cognitively impaired, I have to do my speeches before 5 p.m. Eastern time because otherwise it's bedtime. Joe Biden finger wagging at you when his decisions led to in the in the immediate sense the the unnecessary loss of 13 heroic service members and the injuring of dozens of others and on the long horizon because there is no over the horizon equivalent to having a footprint there to keep an eye on China and Iran and Pakistan So this guy has put this entire national security interest of the United States at at risk. 330 million people's lives put at risk because of his knuckleheaded, politically expedient decisions, not to mention the open border in the southern on the southern border. We're going to talk with Todd Benzman from Center for Immigration Studies, who's been on this like white on rice after the upcoming break. And he has the audacity now to to punish red states and a future political foe, potentially. It's pretty clear Ron DeSantis is gearing up for a presidential run in 24. Excuse me. And punishing Americans because they decided not to listen to Lord Fauci. Again, I'm going to repeat it. I think if you're not getting vaccinated and if you don't have natural immunity, you're making a mistake, either because it's the right thing to do to put up a shield against the virus and replication and the variants that that will spawn 
or to protect yourself. And maybe it's an and or. But at least as far as I can tell, you still have a choice in this country unless you work at a place with more than 100 employees. You know what? I'd go get a job at a place with less than 100 employees if you don't want to, you know, be vaccinated. Because the virus won't attack those businesses, according to Joe Biden. <laughs> How crazy is that? I, I just, I'm astounded at this. And, and I don't know, please call me. 314-912-1019 if, if, you, if there's a fault in my logic here. Last week, we got enough. We're ramping up production. We want to make sure everyone has monoclonals. This week... Now we're going to take over the means of distribution. We're going to control the supply line. I, Joe Biden, and everyone in my administration knows best where these supplies should go, rather than, as as Rand Paul said last night, and I would totally agree, man, let the market open up. Let's get more demand for that. I want governors all across the land uh, requesting these monoclonals. And, and, and you don't think the market will respond and regenerate around and be happy to pump that stuff up at several hundred bucks a vial, whatever it costs? <laughs> of course they would. This is tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. I can see it no other way. And then when Jen Psaki says it's all in the interest of equity, you know what that means? Punish anyone who ever thought that anything to do with Donald Trump, any policy that led to the lowest unemployment for blacks, Asians, Hispanics, women in in decades. If you agreed with any of those policies, well, you don't deserve to get a monoclonal because you clearly didn't to get a vaccine and it's all your fault. and We're going to punish you. If you ever thought that anything that Donald Trump said, did, or wrote, or, or, or signed as an executive order or otherwise, or a, a law that was passed, well, we're going to show you, I've lost my patience with you. Wow. <clears throat> and at the same time, we've had, what, 1.2 million immigrants, uh, illegal aliens. They are not, they are not immigrants. They are illegal. They are aliens. And now, if you're an employer who doesn't abide by the vaccine mandate, we're going to punish you for a $14,000 per violation fine. But we're going to let, come on in, come on in, illegal immigrants. What is this uneven application of the laws and the rules in this country? Well, you know what? Keep it coming, Joe, because we got your number. Just keep it coming. That's the biggest favor you could ever done to sensibility and constitutional principles on this day after Constitution Day. With limited government, the states are the laboratory of democracy. The rule of law applies, especially to people that aren't part of the American club. By that, I mean an American citizen. We're going to talk with Todd Benzman about the illegal immigrant issue, how the mainstream media is just ignoring it. The Fox drone that was banned. Uh, for 24 hours until they fought back and uh, and so much more as we talk with Todd Benzman, Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies uh, right after the upcoming break. Stay tuned. More coming up on the Randy Tobler Show on News Talk STL 1019-941, streaming at NewstalkSTL.com, your iOS or Android app, and of course, Alexa, News Talk STL, play it. Believe in fate, no psychic vision. 
it's our objective to continue to close that equity gap and to make sure we are, as a federal government, working in partnership with uh, city or states like New York, cities like New York City, to make sure we are making the vaccine accessible. The FAA has put out a temporary flight restriction, a TFR, in the area immediately around the port of entry where that bridge is. What does that mean? It means our drone can no longer fly and show those images. It's a two-week TFR, and according to the FAA, it's for special security reasons. Well, that was Fox News reporter talking about the, uh, well, 24-hour or so hold on the Fox News drone uh, to help us unpack what's going on there in the southern border because, of course, the mainstream media won't do it. Is Todd's Benz, Todd Benzman, senior national security fellow with the Center for Immigration Studies and author of a, what a prescient book. And uh, it's called America's Covert Border War, the untold story of nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. How you doing, Todd? I know we don't have much time, but I wanted to, to talk with you about the disaster there on the southern border especially del rio oh i'm doing i'm doing well thank you i'm standing out here at the uh closed bridge they closed the pedestrian and the uh the international bridge as a whole between del rio and acuna on the mexican side and uh the reason uh being is that they know that uh, you know people can videotape the camp from on top of there so uh, I think that it's part of the sort of suppressing the optics uh, of this thing. You can uh, people as they're driving by can lean out their window with their cell phones and videotape. There are now fourteen thousand immigrants down there, oh, and they're just God. pouring pouring in by the hundreds uh, every hour. And so I think that's I, I think that's a. Um, a uh, problem for this administration uh, because because I mean it's just a shanty town. You, you it's a filth ridden, terrible shanty situation down there uh, that is a um, uh, you know a health threat and uh, you know a political threat. I think to the administration. Well, you've been reporting on these matters for decades, and you were involved in the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division. You know more about this than probably anyone, and they're on the ground. Uh, this is not only destroying communities, but what about the threat to national security? I mean, you wrote about it in your book. Uh, we've got uh, Haitians coming in. We've got probably Afghani refugees and others that will be coming in eventually. Isn't this, isn't this a, 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 a covert national security risk that is absolutely unappreciated, Todd? Well, we don't know who who's coming over. We don't know who's coming in over the river is the problem. Uh, yesterday, I can tell you that I they're not all Haitians. I was on the Mexican side all day yesterday interviewing immigrants, and I met an Angolan who uh, listed off for me, you know, ten different African countries uh, that were represented at this camp, this encampment. Uh, from all over Africa, and nobody's vetted, nobody has identification, nobody has anything, nobody knows anything about who these people are. They're just sitting over there. Uh, and that's always going to be a national security threat if you don't know who ha- is coming in, and there's no screening whatsoever happening, and there are too many of them to screen. The majority of them are Haitians. They're going to be economic uh, immigrants they're coming for work uh, you know they're they're um, 
probably, you know, there's they're benevolent. Uh, there may be criminals among them, but uh, there are going to be people from Afghanistan and Pakistan and uh, countries like that as well. Well, it's crazy, and I uh, I know you got to jump off here and get onto another uh, another appearance because uh, this is clearly, I mean, what is it, one point two million people now since the start of the year have come across and and from what we're hearing there's really very little ability of the of the border patrol to do anything but these people are just let out into society and given some you know paper to come back in a couple years for a hearing but essentially they're now uh you know unleashed on american society and without any any status of their infectious disease status or anything else i mean it's it's a disaster area down there but i guess it's all politically expedient from the biden administration the democratic uh, party standpoint, no? That's right. Uh, what's going to happen with all of these people is that they will all be paroled into the United States when they get out of this camp. They all know it. Everybody that is coming into that camp understands that this administration is going to give them uh, permission to enter the country from here. That's why they're coming. All of these people are going to get in. Uh, and they're already processing them through expeditiously. They're bringing in uh, school buses today, and they're hauling them out to all other different parts of. Uh, I don't, we don't even know where they're hauling them to, but they are. There's an operation underway where they're loading up school buses and trying to reduce the population of that camp. But they're bringing them to process, places where they can be more quickly processing. So the solution, the Biden administration's solution is to help them get into the country more expeditiously and in greater numbers, faster and bigger, not stopping them or creating some sort of a deterrence, but creating a very powerful enticement for more to come and more and ever more. Their solution is to grease the skids, not not blow up the tracks. (laughs) <laughs> That's a visual that uh, is frightening. And uh, and finally, when you couple that with the proposals in the uh, reconciliation bill to essentially give, uh, you know, illegals amnesty, give them all the social welfare benefits that, uh, you know, that the country offers. I mean, it's a and then they get their voters. Right. So it's a, it's a win, win, win for everyone, for the illegals and for the uh, for the Socialist Democratic Party of the United States. It's just crazy. I, I tell you, I, I, I don't know where, where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you comment on the impact on uh, healthcare facilities down there? I, as a doc, have an interest in that. Are they being overwhelmed? Uh, unfortunately, I that I, I, yeah, I, I haven't really looked into that. That's actually a good, a good point because a lot of these folks are going to get tested and they're going to get tested positive, and they have to do something with those people. And if they're really sick, they will bring them to the local hospital. I know that. I just don't know the extent to which they're doing that. Well, perhaps uh, you can do some reporting on that and then get back in touch with us and we'll uh, we'll stay in touch because we do want to check in with you periodically, Todd Bensman. You are our go-to source for all things on the border. And we'd, uh, we'd recommend to everyone to read your book, America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the, of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. Very, very prescient uh, reporting. And uh, stay safe down there. I imagine that's not the safest place in the world to be these days. Take care of yourself. Thank you. I will. And I'm happy to come on the show anytime. I'll be uh, here for a little while longer. And uh, this thing's not going away. There is a huge camp down there. I, 
listen, I was watching them. I was at the Acuna bus station yesterday for hours. And I want to say about every 15 minutes, a gigantic bus would pull in. And it oh. was entirely filled with immigrants. And they were just pouring out one after another, bus after bus, all day long. And they're all heading over to this camp. Oh, my God. And then from there, do they get dispersed out to uh, rural and other places in America? Or where do they go from there, from the camp? Well, they're going to have to, they're going to have, they, what the, what's happening is they're getting a, like a carnival ticket, a numbered ticket, and they get in line with that. And when their number gets called, it might be weeks before their numbers get called. But then once their number gets called, it'll be a day or two, and then they'll be released into the country. And and my audience and you and I and uh, and and Max, our producer, are paying the bill for all of uh, all of their food, clothing, uh, welfare benefits. Their their if they need medical care, right? We're paying the bill. It'll be a huge bill. It will be a big oh, bill, no doubt. Wow. For wow. years. That's crazy. For years. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Well, Todd, we appreciate you being with us. I know you have other appearances to get to. Thanks for the time you gave us this morning. We'll stay in touch and uh, see you in uh, see you in a little while. Anytime. Thank you. Okay. There he is. Todd Bensman. Again, the book, America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration, at Bensman Todd on Twitter. On At Bensman Todd on Twitter. Numbers are 314-912-1019. 314-912-1019. Imagine 1.2 million, million, that's 1.2 million America, uh, uh, illegal immigrants that will be future Americans if the Democrat... Social Democrat uh, reconciliation bill gets passed. Uh, they're marking it up, and you know some form of it is most likely going to get pushed through. Can you imagine how many elections could be tilted when these people get to vote, whether they vote legally or illegally or not? Or as Donald Trump would say, legally. We want them to vote legally. Well, they're not going to vote legally. They're going to vote illegally. And that's very, very troubling. I mean, when you look at the way the uh, uh, the, the various uh, perversions of proper voting went in this last election based on COVID-19, right? Everything was based on COVID-19. And you can argue whether or not there was real fraud that occurred. I believe there always is fraud. I think it occurred to more of an extent than it, uh, than it has in the past. We had reports just in this last election where uh, where Gavin Newsom was not recalled, uh, and I don't think that was any surprise. In a delusional, you know, homeless people defecating on the streets, of San Francisco, California. Um, but there were reports of people reporting to polling places, wanting to cast their ballot, and being told by election workers that their ballot had already been cast. Now. I don't know. I from where I stand, that's fraud. I that's the mischief. I, you know what else can you say except the the infrastructure is in place in many states for these illegal aliens to at at worst vote illegally and and more realistically at some future date to be determined being declared by virtue of amnesty. American citizens are on a pathway to that. And, and I, for one, I just, you know, I spent most of my week, Max, trying to sort out with my leadership team because we, we, we run a hospital that 
we had decided not to make a mandate for vaccine, unlike BJC and Mercy and a lot of other places, because we don't have health care uh, workforce to take care of people in rural America. And we wanted to just respect people's sensibilities. I told nurses and others who didn't want to get vaccinated, I think it's a mistake. But we wanted to respect their sensibilities. Everyone's wearing masks. We're doing our best. We're wearing N95 masks, you know, when we're giving patient care. Um, and cloth masks or surgical masks when we're in other places, walking down the hallways and so forth. I mean, we're doing what we can to mitigate uh, any, any problems. But now, since Joe Biden decided that it's going to be a mandate, we spend all our time, there were large swaths of time and there are across the country in healthcare facilities, doctors' offices, dentists' offices, everywhere. Oh my God, how are we going to comply? And more importantly, what is the enforcement mechanism of the Center for Medicaid and Medicaid Services? What will those penalties be? We spend at least half of every executive leadership team meeting at my hospital discussing compliance, how to comply, how to avoid getting in trouble, how to some of the some of the regulations make sense many of them make no sense zero nada none they take away from time that could be spent better dealing with how to better care for patients but instead stupid petric rules from center for medicare medicare and medicaid services and we're so concerned about what are the penalties what and yet they're leaving a border that is absolutely uncontrolled totally open absolutely porous and I'm sorry, that's demoralizing. As an American citizen who wants to comply by the law, even when I don't agree with it, I have every right, and I do. You hear it for three hours every year on Newstalk STL. 101 Newstalkstl.com on your iOS or Android app. We have a right to vociferously, aggressively, assertively disagree with the laws by which we are bound to abide, but as law-abiding Americans, we do. We pay our taxes. Every penny I pay my taxes. I declare every penny of income. I take no illegal deductions. Why? Because that's the American way. You follow the rules, and if you don't like them, you advocate. You campaign for, you donate to, you lobby in favor of, uh, against regulations that are no good and in favor of regulations that should. You campaign for candidates who comport with your view of what the way things should be done. But when there's a law, you follow it. And, and how demoralizing and how embarrassing and how utterly, viscerally sad it is to obey the law lockstep at every turn and watch what's going on at the border. And Donald Trump said it, and you may disagree or you may agree, but I can see no other way but to say it is the absolute truth. If you don't have borders, you don't have a country. And on this day after Constitution Day, 2021, I think we're losing our country. I think we're losing it. When Joe Biden gets in front of the FDA, when he decides to abruptly withdraw in a reckless, haphazard way, as our guest said, Dakota Wood earlier, he has it under, he said he had it under authority, that there were, what, four or five plans that were 
that were put out by the military people, the leadership, as to how to orderly and safely withdraw, they were rejected, summarily rejected by the President of the United States. Why? For political expediency. I'm sad to report, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're losing our country. It's our duty to fight back. It's our duty to fight back. Not with violence, not with storming the Capitol, but by talking to one another in small groups over a cup of coffee at the water cooler, point out these inconsistencies, these things that resulted in mortality to service members and grave injury to others, and now will threaten every one of us with our national security, with an open border, and unvetted people. We don't know what they're bringing into the country. It's fentanyl. It may be terrorism. It's COVID-19, and we have nothing to say about it except shut up, pay your taxes, and listen to dear leader Joe Biden. I'm Randy Tobler. Give me a call, 314-912-1019, to raise your voice as we wrap up the program with this last segment. Stay tuned. If you break the rules, be prepared to pay. Okay, we get it. COVID is the precious, and you love it. You love COVID so much, you want it to spread in the schools, at the office, in the Walmart, on the cruise ships, and at the club. That gray spongy ball with the red spikes, you want it pumping through your veins with an ivermectin chaser. Why do you love it so daggone much? Well, we have absolutely no bloody idea. But here's the thing, you weirdos. Everyone else, everyone else hates COVID. There's, there's Joy Reid. I'm not going to call her crazy. I'm not going to call her a weirdo because that's what she calls you. If you have hesitancy about the vaccine, if you think ivermectin might be effective, I think it has not been proven yet. Although I think at anti-parasitic doses, it's probably fairly safe. If you want to take it, that's okay. It's clearly clearly not being proven to be as effective as a vaccine and you know i mean i'm sorry that's just i'm just i'm just calling balls and strikes that's what i do here i don't have any interest in pfizer or moderna unless unless i don't know one of the mutual funds i own you know has it but that's all i just i invest in iShares. i don't know max you know i'm not here hawking this because i have any personal interest it's just because i want people to be well but you know what? This this denigrating of people who aren't vaccinated, denigrating of people who just have questions. And frankly, the biggest objection that I've heard that I think is so legitimate and so needs to be recognized is among people who have been infected, who have, you know, natural immunity and are just being absolutely marginalized in terms of their qualification, if you will. Uh, to, to, to have a to be grandfathered in with a vaccine passport. That's the way I view it. I mean, if Joe Biden were smart, he would say, hey, look, uh, until we know better, if you're either vaccinated or have had an infection, it's estimated that some hundred million Americans, a third of America almost has been infected. You know, welcome to the club. Get on the airplane, you know. Go back, go to work. Yeah, okay. Show me the papers. Show me your vaccine card or show me your antibodies by virtue of natural immunity or that you had a PCR test or a rapid antigen test that that you had infection. Okay. You look, you have to show your driver's license. My God, to get a 
to go to the Super 8 or the Motel 6 where they leave the light on. Where do they leave the light on? The red roof Motel 6. Oh, is that Motel 6? Okay. We'll leave the light on. You have to show your driver's license. Let's not, let's, let's stop all the hyperbole about the, the vaccine passport. Okay. Let's be reasonable here, but why not give credit where credit is due? For people who have struggled through a, a COVID-19 infection, you've got some natural immunity. Recent Israeli study suggests it's, it may be better against Delta than the vaccine. But, hey, I'm glad I got vaccinated. At least I've got some protection against Delta. I can't wait till a Delta-specific booster comes out. That's what I think they ought to be. You know, if Joe Biden were smart, he'd say, oh, I'm going to announce Warp Speed 2.0. And I've consulted with Donald Trump and the people who helped develop the vaccine so expeditiously. And we're going to work on Warp Speed 2.0 and we're by, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. We're all going to give thanks for the biotech industry that has produced a Delta specific mRNA vaccine and step on up and roll up your sleeves, ladies and gentlemen. I think that many of us would say, wow. Sounding good. Joe's giving credit where credit's due. And if Joe were to weave in a little bit of humble pie, like, hey, I'm sorry, I overstepped a little bit, and I'm sorry if I insulted all you guys. That wasn't nice. That wasn't good of me. Could you imagine how this country could come together and how people could, you know, and those of you who have natural immunity, hey, if you want to wait for the next, the the Epsilon, the, the Mu, the Delta, the Zeta, the whatever, variant that comes out next spring or the next fall or whatever hey why what think about it and here's why here's the data not just fauci but you know other doctors other places say this too i don't know i to me that that would be a much wiser approach anyway uh, hey i want to remind you about programming today uh, after this program uh, Eric and Bob uh, with uh, with uh, Stiefel on the Money Show. Great, great show. Uh, Institute of Natural Health, Marvin Mitchell. Paul Kurtman at noon. Uh, all kinds of great programming coming up on Saturday. Gary on guns. Paul Cook. Uh, no, is, is Paul Cook on today or no? Uh, I believe he's off today. Uh, oh, he's off? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, Paul does a great show, though. It's a fabulous show as well. And Paul Kurtman, what a patriot. And, of course, a, a veteran. Uh, Tony Katz this evening. And, of course, all through the week, you want to keep it here on News Talk SGL. Mm-hmm. But these conversations need to continue. And we need to figure ways to, to have reasonable conversation. And I think for those of you who are, who are vaccine resistant, I would, I would counsel you to be respectful of those who are in favor of vaccines. And, you know, listen to them carefully. We have, we have got to listen to Nicki Minaj. I never thought I'd say that, Maximilian <laughs> Foisy. Yeah, play that. Got to listen that second Maxim. Uh, I mean, Nicki Minaj quote. Here is the rapper, the provocative rapper, who I've never listened to anything because I think it, my ears would explode. I understand she's full of a lot of uh, expletive deletas. Mm-hmm. And here's what Nicki Minaj uh, said to the left, to the Dems, to the cancel culture group. Take a listen. You can't speak for the fear of the mob attacking you. If that doesn't give you chills up and down your spine, this is scary. You should be able to ask questions about anything you're putting inside your body. Well, people like Nikki, you know, they always say the greatest advocate is a former skeptic who has adopted the new role. Right. So there's nothing like a person who 
sadly, I've seen it way too often. I have seen a lot of spouses of now deceased people who succumbed to COVID-19 that said, if only we would have been vaccinated, my husband would be here. My wife would be here. But they become advocates in favor of vaccination. I've seen it happen. Similarly with politics. I mean, Nicki Minaj is getting canceled by her own group, right? Uh, what about what about the Larry Elders and the Clarence Thomases and the and the Condoleezza Rices and others of the world who who are called Uncle Thomas and Uncle Tom and Uncle Thomasita, right? I mean, you know, because they haven't walked the black line and voted Democrat and been pro Bernie and pro Hillary and pro everyone else, you know. But anyway, well, I thought, but you know, once again, I've run out of time and not things to say but good i guess show that today, you'll sir. Have, good show you'll have to stay yeah thanks uh thanks max max does a fabulous job of uh, of producing this program i'm very thankful for uh, him and for you listening i really am and um we'll be talking with you on twitter uh at randy tolber md and of course on the facebook the show page facebook page as well um take this closer to heart we play it heartily and we mean every minute of it take a listen we'll see you next week on news talk stl and the randy tolber show